Overlord is underbaked. Then that will lead us into a discussion of the film Overlord. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And? Um, it's overwrought and uh, <laughs> it, overblown. Uh, is it? Well, I think uh, I think it overslept. <laughs> oh, football practice. Oh, my God. Um, I think it could have been way more than it was. Yeah. I the, s- the movie Overlord. The, the 2018 release, Overlord. Yes. From Bad Robot Productions. Right. Um, so Starring Pilu Asback. I don't know how to say his name, but I hope he enjoys me saying Asback. Oh, my God. Because I like that guy. Right. But has he ever not played? Actually, he has. So he's the guy. He's Euron... Euron Greyjoy. Oh, okay. You know, let's uh, let's find my sister and kill her or whatever. Right. He's the the bad king, salt king or whatever. Okay. All right. And he always he just plays horrible, terrible people. Yeah. Um, like he does an overlord, except for the one time when he was in a horrible, terrible movie, Ghost in the Shell, where he plays nice guy, Bateau. (laughs) Right. Um. I think he does a good job on this. Uh, he is not a good guy. and uh, But what is his point? What is his motive? To be evil. To just be evil and yeah. to lord his himself over, over people. Mm, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. We got Gene Shallot over here. All right. Overlord. Lords it over you. <laughs> uh, but it's not. He's just so. He's just generally evil. Is it there, without no spoilers in this capsule review of Overlord, but there's a, the premise, I think everybody knows, that they're circulating is zombies in World War II. Yes. But as we know, that's not totally accurate. It's not exactly what's on offer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's close enough for an elevator pitch. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's also not, it doesn't um, cleave to that so tightly as to be derivative. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd argue that Zombies in World War II has is, is been done. It's just right. been done and done. So here's your chance to do something else. And this is a just a spoiler towards you know how we felt about it, which I guess is called a review. Uh, it doesn't do enough. Like, okay, so great. You didn't do that. Mm-hmm. What did you do? Right. I don't really know. Like, I, It doesn't show its work. No, it's threadbare. Yeah. And I f- the really sad thing is I feel like there is potential there. I don't know if there's stuff that they left on the page or right. just didn't make it to what they wanted to um, script and shoot. But yeah, I have all these questions and none of them have yeah. to do with the things that they decided to show us. Like right. the stock characters. Of, hey, I'm from New York. I hope I get to <laughs> Berlin so I can shoot that Hitler guy. I know. He's a bad apple. I know, right? Uh, you know, or, or whatever. And it, yeah, okay, got it. But there's all these other things like, What's the mystery goo and what's under the thing? And that's what I'm. Come Would on, like man. to know. And nope, nope. Those nope. answers are not given. Don't care. No. Peter Asbeck um, is Hans Landa number three. Yeah. Bad guy. Yeah. I, um, I kind of wish that they had introduced the sci fi elements a little sooner. I mean, I guess it's, they. Yeah. We're they, like. Yeah. It's I, like we're like 50 minutes in before yeah. we even see a hiding or hair of a zombie. Right. And. I guess they wanted it to be a big, huge twist, but I mean, 
the movie already starts out and it seems like it's like a straightforward World War II film. Yeah. It literally and, starts out in black and white. Yeah. And I wonder why, except just for a visual flair, they took such pains to not fool you, but to say, this is, you've seen this story before. Wait a minute, right. you haven't. Exactly. When it was like, yeah, but I mean, not not a perfect example because I don't really like the film a whole lot, but like Hellboy begins with like a clockwork sand zombie, like ninja fighting <laughs> like other people like in World War Two, And right. you're like, oh, I know where we are. Okay, great. Right, exactly. I just wish they had gotten to the meat of it, if you will. I'd argue that Band of Brothers probably wouldn't be as good if we went five episodes in and I got to get some of that old VAT 69 or whatever. And then suddenly like, oh, these, these crowds won't die. Oh. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. They shoot down the, uh, Yag falls Sturmer Niners. <laughs> My German's failing me. Uh, with the Edelweiss, but the Edelweiss continues to bloom as the, <laughs> now they get up. Now you're really hysterically blind because zombies are coming after you. Right. So, deep detail from Band of Brothers. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. He's alive. I know. Um, yeah, I just, I, I wish they'd gotten to it sooner. So I wish they could have had more of it and they could have. I don't, I don't need it like overly explained. But, or lord, lordly explained. Right. But just more of an explanation probably would have been good. Or, you know, like you said, this mysterious goo that they're, like, producing. Where does it come from? Is it the waters of this French town? Did we watch the same movie? Yeah, I know. Oh, so you think it's the waters? Well, something. <laughs> and it pulls back and it says Evian on the side of the church. <laughs> yeah, it, you call it explanation. I call it what the movie's about. I call yeah, it like fair. the action and story of the film. Like yeah. explanation, I get it. Like evil scientists make a fair. thing. We got zombie-ish creatures. Yes. But, you know, no spoilers, but that's not really what happened. Yeah. Like there are scientists there, but they don't even know what's going on. No. The audience doesn't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> this is true. And it's not a compelling mystery. It's no. just like, you should have just, that could have been part of the movie. Like why, what's going on here? Right. <sighs> and instead it's just you know ooey gooey fights and uh it's not bad no it's not bad i, I, I think yeah. it's it's if this still existed yeah if you didn't have to just pay 16 bucks for a movie no matter what and then it comes out on video and you have to pay 16 bucks right or i don't know or maybe 3.99 or whatever uh 4.99 to watch it in uh, hd sure on streaming like that's how you should consume this yeah don't pay full price yeah it's, it's fine. It's it's worth a watch, but it's not. Maybe a director's cut. Yeah, that an could unrated be good. director's cut could do more. Yeah, because you know this is J.J. Abrams's productions company's first R-rated movie, exa- uh, basically. Yeah, and people people keep talking about it. Oh, it's so bloody. It's so it's. I really don't. I don't watch a lot of horror movies, and I didn't find it to be like super bloody. It was, it was bloody and carnagey enough but it, i wouldn't say it's the bloodiest or carnagiest movie i've ever seen <laughs> that is wow so that is a very non-visceral yeah. uh, judgment of this uh movie i mean it with viscera it had like you know jump scares and stuff like that and that makes me jump and then jump like, scares suck. yeah they do yeah. and um that's like the howling has plenty of 
you know, actually authentic scary moments. Yeah. But they just can't resist like one Jumping or two. Jumping out. Yeah. I know. Like, you... I wonder if anybody's in this cabin. <laughs> oh, it's my husband who I expected to be in this cabin. <laughs> Take that, the howling. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I just, I guess I wish it had, um, it's kind of ended differently too without giving the ending away. Yeah. Um, Actually, the ending is probably the thing that I was most satisfied with. Oh, really? But at the end, like I said, we don't really know what is being lost or gained or, you know, it's like, now we got to do this. Here's something that's going to blow you away, though. Okay. Is his name Wyatt Russell, the guy that plays uh, Ford? Okay. So I'm watching this movie and I'm like, this has got a sort of um, sort of cheesy, like B-movie kind of John Carpenter vibe. Yeah. And you've got this guy, who, you know, tousled hair, beard, and everything, kind of rough, rough and tough. I'm like, this is a real Kurt Russell type. Yeah. And then, you know, near the end, he's, you know, fighting the guy, and he's like, how does he feel? It's like, not pretty freaking great. Yeah. It's like, wow, it's just such a Kurt Russell. That's Kurt Russell's kid. Are you serious? Yeah. It's not just a coincidence. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so weird. So yeah, um, I guess he must have been on like Sons of Anarchy or something. Don't know anything about his career. But yeah. um, if he's the second coming of Kurt Russell, and we've already passed the unfortunately the computer war tennis shoes uh, era, then why aren't we making like why isn't he teaming up with John Carpenter or at least somebody who <laughs> considers himself to be the uh, successor to John Carpenter? Yeah, and doing no some. Kidding. Uh, John Carpenter movies. Yeah, this is this is a great question. Um, I that's kind of crazy to find out that he's his son. Um, it makes sense. Kind of carrying on the torch, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it is a very Kurt Russell role. I hadn't thought about that, but it, it definitely is. He left hockey for acting, apparently. Really. <sighs> I don't want to. Uh, maybe that's just like a story that GQ spun up or something. Because you're you're Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's kid. Yeah. So you're either gonna do a thing where you go, I'm gonna do something else. My father is like the most iconic action hero of all time with character, not just right. You've been the ace or whatever. Like exactly the everyman action hero. Sorry, Bruce Willis, and. You go, I can't top that. Hockey. <laughs> right. So you either do that or pretty much you just become an actor and then you do that forever. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we're, what we're going to do. Okay. Well, I, I kind of hope to see him in other things. And yeah, be awesome if you teamed up with Carpenter. So Overlord, slightly Underlord. That's yes. my review. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. That's yes. One of the services that we provide on this show, movie <laughs> reviews, this show being the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And I'm so excited. And I'm not able to hide it. <laughs> I was going to say. Because our Your Ghosts I Hardly Lanthimos yes. segment continues this week as we look at the director's most recent, at least for the next week or two, yeah. film. Uh, the Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking all about that. No introduction required. Get your bingos, Lanthimos cards out. That's right. And let's play. We're talking about the news a little bit as well. A little bit of news. Um, some big Disney news that we'll be talking about in a little bit. Um, how are you doing otherwise? Otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, looking forward to continuing our Lanthimos um uh, I don't, deep dive. I don't know. <laughs> four, four films deep. Yeah. 
and of course, since Doctor Who switched to Sundays, um, we haven't watched it. So no, we, we record haven't. the show. So it kind of hurts. Hurts us. I guess so. I guess we could record it later, but we haven't seen the most recent episode. No, we have not. Which is on the back half yes. of a 10 episode, the sixth episode. Yeah, exactly. Do we, we want to? I mean, we complained through. about it before, but do you want to say, have your ch- thoughts changed at all about Doctor Who? Um, No, my thoughts haven't changed. Um, I just, um, I I just wish they had more character moments. Um, we have and we've said this before, I feel like, so I don't really want to trudge it all up again. But, you know, we have three companion characters and we know next to nothing about them or they're just they're just not fully developed, you know. And I think Graham and Ryan are with her just so they can forget about Nan passing, which is really kind of depressing and escapist. And but that's not. Uh, many companions have had that motivation before. Well, that's true, um, and I get it. And Yaz is just along because she wants to be included. I guess I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I think she also wants to escape her family. Maybe, yeah. But you, you take a character who, I mean, we, yeah. What do we know? We just don't know a lot about her. But. No. Who I'm presuming is somebody who, as a um, junior police officer or whatever, is driven and feels a sense of responsibility. And right. I think it's fine for a character. I think often we find interesting things in characters when we set up a character and then we have them do something that they, you know, quote unquote, wouldn't do. Right. But why is she, yeah, why is she doing this? I, I have no idea. Like, I don't think that we're pushing a like a romance between her and Ryan. No, so I don't think we are. not following him for that. No. Does she, the, and we don't get a explicit sort of scene where she's like, oh, you're like the cop of the universe. I'm going to get some tips from you. Or I sort of agree with your mission. Like, I want to be here to, you know, I do good as a peace officer. I want to do good right. uh, with the doctor. I think that that's what we're supposed to get. Uh, I think that's implied, but I don't remember any explicit no. signaling of that. I don't think there's been any. Maybe we'll find out. In the, in the demons episode. of the Punjab, yeah, yeah, the new episode. <laughs> Definitely, uh, I'm so sick of the people's PC agenda. Yeah, the doctor's always been just doing whatever he wants. Right. He he wants. Okay. Hashtag not my lady doctor. Oh my gosh. Tired, tired of it. Yeah. I will say though, I will call out without value judging that the show has definitely committed this year to going. Let's just. Why does it have to be fishmen? Who are trapped in a discriminatory, endless war hell? Uh, right. Let's just go to Earth. Right. <laughs> so it's like literal people uh, trapped uh, in the back of a bus. Yes. <laughs> it's like okay. Um, I don't have any problem with it. It's uh, it's always what the uh, the show has tackled, but you know it's a sci-fi show. Yep. <laughs> and so often those things stand in for real life things. Right. That maybe in the past were too controversial to talk about exactly but this is the 20th century <laughs> uh that's wrong it's the 21st century but right. you didn't call me out on it so uh and so what the heck let's just let's just go for it yeah so let's go to 50s alabama i know let's go to um you know post-colonial uh india i i know uh, let's do it yeah and so it's like okay let's do it but this better be real good 
I, I agree with you. You, you better you better be going somewhere with yeah. this. And I don't know if they are. I, I Let's have a guy that's like Trump. All right, but what were you trying to say? I don't know. Apparently it's nothing. It's Mr. Big, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. Um, and he uses a gun to shoot the spiders, so he's all about using guns. Yeah, he should use tea tree oil. <laughs> As we know, they hate it. Apparently. I guess. Uh, and the doctor likes to pray now. That's a, that's a new thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, let's stay out of that. That was, yeah. Let's talk about the news. Okay. <laughs> well, all of California's on fire. Yes, it is. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, not great. Um, I love how these fires get names. Oh, this is the Woolsey fire. What? I didn't realize fires got names. I think it's just like where they originate. Okay. All right, I guess that makes sense. I mean, we name hurricanes, so I guess <laughs> yeah. we could name. But they would fires. all be called Pacific, the Atlantic. Yeah, hurricane. you're right. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's going on. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, it's burning uh, a lot of um, sort of LA adjacent areas. Yeah. And so I've heard posts about like Scott Derrickson, remember director of uh, Sinister, Doctor Strange, like yeah. his house burned down. Okay. Um, some people are reporting a lot of people are reporting um smoke you know inhalation problems sure. there have been some deaths had to evacuate that sort of thing the paramount ranch has burned down oh no which i looked it up and being a star trek guy i thought paramount ranch yeah uh has any star trek been shot there maybe maybe modern star trek but no okay. original trek was shot there as far as i can tell okay um, a lot of original TOS um, shows were shot on what's called the Disney Ranch or the Golden Oak Ranch. Okay. Where a lot of 50s shows, Davy Crockett and things like that, were um, shot. Uh, that's right. okay, I, as far as I, I can tell. For now. But the big thing about the Paramount Ranch is that um, it was a current shooting location for Westworld. Oh, no. So all the Westworld sets um, have burned down. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. At least the cowboy ones. So it looks like Ford's getting his new narrative. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. What a loss. Yeah. They have a lot of money. I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like the visual effects alone to make somebody's boobs fall off or whatever happens on that show. I'm just kidding. I watch it. Um, <laughs> probably cost more than just rebuilding a white church <laughs> with a fence around it. I guess. But still, it's uh, it's hitting home. You know? Yeah. Substantial. Wow. Um. Well, I hope they get them under control soon. I heard that. Trump was like gonna take money away from the rescue, um, uh, for for controlling the fire and that sort of thing. Neat. That's a good. That's a good idea. Yeah, I know. So always great to hear about stuff like that. <laughs> well, uh, from western to western, let's talk about some TV shows that are becoming movies. All right, let's. Uh, the Deadwood movie has started filming. Exciting. Yes. Um, they're not filming at the Paramount Ranch, I don't think. So. Okay. All right. But they're, didn't they take their sets down, their original sets? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a while ago. All uh, right. But again, uh, if uh, HBO Films is backing you, um, how much could it cost to just you know, build a clapboard saloon and then just get, get going? But you have to use photo reference, I suppose. Yeah, I, um, I think you probably would. As far as I understand, uh, you know, you got the, all the stars back. Yeah. Um, that can come back, uh, yeah. of course. Um, uh, Powers Booth, Booth. Is, is dead. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's not to spoil anything from how it ends, but, you know, it's 12 years later. So 
I'm looking at it. Look at the cast here, right? So you got uh, Al Swearingen, Ian, Ian McShane. Yeah. Who is only more rumpled and leathery than he's been. True. Which is, it's always been sort of the look, I think. Yeah. So we're probably okay there. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant, there's a painting of him in a cowboy hat in an attic somewhere. He's, <laughs> he's doing fine. Molly <laughs> Parker looks great. Paul Malcolmson looks great. John Hawks has always been kind of stringy and craggy. So right. that's fine. Uh-huh. Just maybe, you know, pack a day until we're done shooting. <laughs> Anna Gunn? She looks a lot different. You think so? Well, oh, she had her, her nose well, surgery. Well, you know, that yeah. as well. But yeah, I mean, she just, you know, looks like a mom now. Which is, yeah. which is to say, the most important thing in the world is what I'm saying. <laughs> so I wonder if they're going to, you know, the series ends, again, no spoilers, at a pretty critical moment where, just like season three picks up basically like the day after season two ends, uh-huh. a, a hypothetical season four, you can't skip any time. Okay, sure. And also these are historical events as well. So right. You can push and move things around, but I wonder, like, how how it's how's it going to pick up? Yeah, is it going to be years later? After or that sandstorm be... blew through and <laughs> sort of wore our faces away a little well, bit. Right, right. It literally aged us. Yeah. Um, Will they um, CGI everybody? Oh boy, I feel like that would be a big production. And here's another. Cost a lot of here's money. the biggest question. Yeah. Who wants this? <laughs> Why are they doing this? Wow. I mean, except for me. Uh, I want this badly, but then I want to. People want more Deadwood. I want a Rome movie though too. <laughs> you know, I so. know. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, I, I think I think there are that Deadwood has a big enough fan base that uh, people will go see this and support it. Where's the Wire movie? Good question. The Wire is way more popular than Deadwood. Oh yeah, you're right. Of course, about the Wire that. got a chance to finish, and it also got a chance yes. to. Go by, go past its sell-by date. <laughs> <laughs> you think it went past its sell-by date? I'm glad they tackled the media uh, yeah. in the fifth season because that's where um, Simon like got his start and everything. Sure. But you know, make up a serial killer, like what? Yeah. Okay. It became the most like sort of f- fantasy of all the seasons. Oh, okay. All right, fair. So it was not as realistic. And I, you know, second season, you know, everybody feels. I I like the second season. Yeah. And I think it was important to explore the whole docs yes. side of it. But if there was just four seasons and no docs, probably a better wire all in all. I guess so. A little stronger yeah. in the story. It's not like the Sabakas ever really have anything to do with the rest of the, yeah, no, the show. So. That's true. A spinoff. The Sabatkas. Oh my gosh. Okay. Have their own whole show. Okay. So anyway, that's exciting. People are um, waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting um, for that too. A Breaking Bad movie is almost definitely in, well, it's definitely in the works. Oh my goodness. But uh, See, this is a show, I feel like they they told the story and, and they got the ending. Um, so I'm a little confused as to why they feel it's necessary for them to do a movie see better call Saul. Uh, yeah okay so better call Saul has kind of kept it alive i guess for no people. i mean why do better call Saul? oh the original pitch of better call Saul was it well the pitch was how about some more money right but the idea was vince gilligan was like look we, we did it all let's just do it's a half an hour uh show and mm-hmm. it's a comedy it's like yeah. the um is it f- full metal Something alchemist, 
No, not Full Metal Alchemist. There's a sh- is it Fully Cooly? I can't remember what it is, but there's a show that's like a robot anime, but then there's another version of it that's like those characters in high school because Japan. Okay. And sure. I think that version became actually more popular and well known than the original one. Sure. It's that like, all sounds plausible. Yeah. It's like um Akira Chibi Babies or something like that. Sure. There was a, something like that. Okay. So anyway, that's what it was supposed to be. And then as they got working on it, either they lost the nerve to make a ridiculous comedy out of Breaking Bad, or they just, you know, that's what Vince Gilligan does. He makes these sort of like, like stressful sort of situation uh, shows. Right. And so eventually Breaking Bad just became how a good man is just pushed to the point where he starts doing bad things. Yeah, exactly. Breaking Saul. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think that um, the the stars of Breaking Bad, I know they've talked about being on Better Call Saul um, at some point, which seems like it would not really go over well. I mean, would you just be Walter White, the chemistry teacher? I mean... <laughs> I, I, I think don't... that Breaking Saul will end with, you know, Jimmy meeting Walt. Okay. You know, if it's in the desert with a bag on his head or whatever it sure. is. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's what we'll we'll get. We'll have Brian Cranston on. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he'll be on, like, in any, you know, long-term capacity. Do you think him and, um, what's his name, uh, Pinkman, um... Do you think they just enjoyed working with each other so much? They're like, yeah, let's do something else. I think that's why Breaking Bad or uh, Breaking Saul, whatever it's called, <laughs> exists. Okay. Yeah, because right. it's like, yeah, I mean, they're using a lot of the same crew. <clears throat> they're shooting in Albuquerque, so it's you know, sure. it's the same crew, it's the same people working on it. Yeah. Same stars. Yeah, I think they're just like, this is the best. You don't get to do this very often. This is the best we've ever had it. I like my job. Yeah. Doing this, mm-hmm. and so if people are gonna pay for it. And we're lucky that it's very successful yes. and people want to see more. So yeah. let's just keep making more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but, you know. You could do something else, That's too. how shows become bad. Right. <laughs> they break bad. Right. They, they go That'd past That'd be the title their... of my article if I was writing about this. <laughs> they go past Vince their, Gilligan their sell-by breaks date. Breaks bad. <laughs> oh, the, the date on this meth, it's 2014. Ooh, it's bad. Yeah, is it still good? <laughs> It's not even blue anymore. So we, yeah, it's kind of like a, a golf greenish color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should probably throw that math out. Yeah. Um. So anybody, nobody knows anything about it. I've heard rumors that it will focus on Jesse Pinkman. Um, okay. But we don't know if it's a prequel or sequel. Um, we don't know anything. All right. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I guess we will. <laughs> Uh, another speaking of revivals of uh, yeah. aughts shows, uh, the Veronica Mars show is on track sure. for its Hulu revival. Yep. It's scheduled to, to, to try to try this out one more time. It's scheduled to premiere in 2019. That's coming up. Coming then. up. Yeah. And it's been announced that Max Greenfield will return. Remind me who he is again. Um, like a character? Or yeah, what? character. He's Leo. Leo. He's the sheriff's deputy that she dates. Oh, right. Okay. No, I think I did see that. In yeah. a stunning uh, Veronica Mars movie-esque move, um, he is the least important person to bring back. <laughs> but unfortunately, he's become relatively famous and popular thanks to New Girl. Oh, So sure. we're going to rewrite it to... Kind of like we rewrote it to have Shelley come back for the movie, but... 
Leighton Meester didn't want to do it or couldn't do it or something. Right. And so we just cast somebody else when yeah. it's like, that could have been anybody. Right. You could have just changed the character. So now we're going to F this up and <laughs> try to fit Leo back in somehow. Oh, boy. Not important. Okay. Um, And we'll have to pay him more to boot, I'm sure. So Pay him? Yeah, Pat, pay him more. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Another reason we don't need him. Um, yeah. Pat Oswalt's also been cast. Really? So that's not a good sign. What is he? Who is he going to play? I don't know. Okay. They'll figure something out. Alrighty. Not necessary. No. Um. Unless he's going to play like a local comedian or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why does he have to be a local? I don't local know. comedian. <laughs> Pat Oswalt. Uh, I don't know either. Um, please be good. Yeah. Please be good. Yeah, uh, more streaming TV news. Uh, yeah. It looks like Swap Thing has found its Swap Thing. Oh, they have. Here's going to be a bunch cast? of names that you don't know and nobody cares about. Okay, but we're great. reporting because this is our job. Yep. This is and, and I love it. Right. And I just keep doing it forever. <laughs> Got all my friends with me and I love being where I am in this hot studio. Uh, Andy Bean from the show Power will be playing Alec Holland. Okay. Who is the human identity of Swamp Thing? Okay. No word on if he'll be playing the creature. The creature? Probably not. Probably all CGI. You know, we were all excited when we heard that Brendan Fraser would be playing Robot Man uh, in the Doom Patrol. Yeah. It turns out, just the voice. Really? Probably did it over the phone. Oh, boy. I mean, if you're Brendan Fraser, actually, yes, the answer is yes. You need work. But do you <laughs> want to just go on a set and wear a robot costume? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But, geez, okay, just voiceover. That's all right. Kind of a that dip. diminishes it a little bit. Yeah. So okay. And uh, Derek Mears, who has played Jason Voorhees in the past, will will play the monster. Okay. All right. Who cares? Who Who is the monster in Swamp Thing? Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought maybe there was like. Uh, Probably his like opponent or his like <laughs> you know somebody who is evil, um, not Swamp Thing, who is just misunderstood. Drained Swamp Thing, right? Parking lot thing, <laughs> strip mall thing. Ooh, I like that. He's one. made of. They probably did this. He's made of consumer products. Yes. Cuisinart arm. <laughs> And Dippin' Dot's face. Yes. And uh, Claire's ear piercings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hit, uh, uh, Spencer's gifts is, yes. his, is his crotch. <laughs> uh, somebody call Vertigo. We figured it out. Yes. All right. Well, the big news is that Disney is going ham on their streaming service. Uh, the first part of this story is that it's called Disney Plus. Yeah. Took them long enough to come up with a name. So Took them a long time to come up with that. Yeah, I know. And it's, <laughs> woohoo, Disney Plus. But, all right, it says what it is, I guess. So. I felt They felt safe because Google Plus has shut it down. So they're like, now we can be the Premier Plus. <laughs> the brand that everyone respects. And on the internet of as a plus and doesn't know oh i have one of those yeah exactly yeah that's what they're hoping for okay uh in addition to the already announced mandalorian series there will be a i don't even know what to call it let's just say for now a rogue one series yeah mm -hmm. starring cassie and andor everyone's favorite character from rogue one <laughs> yeah i know um 
just okay. So it's gonna have to take place before Rogue One. Uh, I know. <laughs> Unless there's something that we don't know. Yeah, exactly. I know that. Um, <laughs> the actor who played him in, in Diego Rogue One, Luna. yeah, he's back. Yes. So um, I guess that's a good thing, but it just doesn't feel like this is something that we need. But. <laughs> Who am I to judge? I would agree. Um, you know, it could be spectacular, but um I was thinking about it. There's everybody loves um Rook Bodhi, Rook Riz Ahmed. Yeah. No offense, but you've already got a Star Wars name. Just go with it. <laughs> um But you know, n- nothing there really. Right. Um I, I maybe you could do a I don't know all their dumb names. I, I maybe don't Maybe you either. could do a Forrest Whitaker show. Sure. Um, Probably. Felicity Jones is not going to do no. the show. So this is kind of what you've got left. Yeah, exactly. Donnie Yen's not going to do one. No. So Diego Luna's like, yes, I will do a TV show. <laughs> yes. And I was thinking about it. K2SO or whatever is Alan Tudyk will absolutely be on your show so it yeah. can be canceled. <laughs> um, he's He'll do it. He's a TV guy. Yeah, he'll so you got him, do it. You got K2SO. And Cassian, and they're palling around and snarking each other, and they're having adventures and doing missions. Yeah. And murdering their co-agents when their usefulness has been expended. Yes. I could see this. <laughs> if you, if you somebody put a gun to your head and made you produce a property out of Rogue One, it would be this. No, you're absolutely right. Let me offer two alternatives. Okay, I'm listening. A Erica Badu, about Jedi, 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 Jedi. It's called Jetta. Real yeah. dumb. Okay. Uh, a story about the Jetta monks. Sure. Why not? I don't know what you can hang anything on there, but yeah. get into the lore. Right. Or Ben Mendelsohn, I think, is coming down, right? Yeah. He, he, but he's still saying yes to everything. Yes. So if you promise him you know, movie money for a Disney Plus show, what about The Adventures of Krennic? I'd like to see more of Krennic. Yeah. Every week he's working on, and of course it's all a prequel, every week he's working on some new thing that's not the Death Star. Right. That's not the Death Star. It's a, you know, a, a better call Krennic type show. <laughs> yes. And we're working up to him getting the Death Star. But right. But he's trying this, he's trying that. Yeah. It's a, you know, from the bad guy's point of view. Yes. And although he's a bad guy, mm-hmm. he has a guy's wife killed and then puts the guy in, in slavery right. to create the Death Star. Uh, I think he's presented as somewhat sympathetic in Rogue One, yeah. if not uh, not uh, driving the, the, the badness. Yeah. I think it makes him a weak villain in that movie, but I think it makes him a guy who's just doing a job. He is definitely just doing a And you could totally make a anti-hero-esque thing out of that. Yeah. No, whenever Vader, in, like in his comic book, like whenever they're making Vader into an anti-hero, it's the same thing. He's yeah. like, I work for the, the emperor, but I don't like it. Right. I, I, secretly, I want to kill him. And right. We're kind of rooting for him. Uh huh. So, yeah. Get Mendo out there. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll see. <laughs> it depends on if Disney can offer movie money. Yeah. Like they true. have to Tom Hiddleston. Oh, they have for sure. As he stars in a Loki series, which I'm excited about. So is this a uh, hit the air horns? We called it situation. I think it is. Or was this always going to happen? Um. Well, I mean, we did hear. Longtime listeners will know that we predicted a conditional prediction that if Disney is serious about this and they want to, you know, make 
um, Disney Plus a prestige television format yes. that is somewhat interchangeable with their film series, then a lot of people are going to be walking out of movie contracts and walking into TV contracts. Yes. Um, the bonus is that you're maybe making a little less money, but you're the anchor. Exactly. And so that's what Tom Hiddleston is doing, apparently, for the Loki series. Unless this is just a glorified cameo, and he hands it off to Kid Loki. That would that would suck. Which I'd be down for. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, cast somebody good, but... Yeah. Well, what if he did, like, a tight 10 season, and then he handed it off to Kid Loki or something like that? He pulls a Christopher Gleston? Yeah. Yeah. Only without all the acrimony? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, You know, you read what would happen, and, you know, I'm on Christopher Gleston's side. But you read more and you're like, Christopher Glesson's an asshole. He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> he didn't which, deserve to be treated that way, but right. he didn't really deal with it all that great. Yeah, and I f- that makes me sad because I really do like him. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, and he should get more parts, but, you know, it would help if he was less of a jerk. <laughs> I wonder, um, I haven't looked at all about uh, how he felt about his own Marvel experiences. Yeah, I wonder. the worst Marvel villain ever. Uh, he really was. And like... I mean, you want to talk about ineffective and like, Walter Goggins was better than him. Yeah, I know. That's not his fault. It's not his fault. And then like he's speaking another language the entire time, <laughs> <I know. laughs> which doesn't help. And he's like in heavy makeup and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not great. No. Uh, so along with this uh, investment in Disney Plus, Disney is also looking to bump up its investment in Hulu as well. Oh boy. Uh, looking to develop more original series for okay. the platform that they now own. I think most of. Okay. It's basically Disney now. All right. A lot of people wondered if they were just going to try to fold it into Disney, Disney Plus. Plus, but it doesn't seem like they are at least this year. And they are looking to uh, kind of pull a Netflix and get more original series out on. Hulu. Okay. All right. Do we have any idea what those original stories are as of yet? You'll have to ask Bob Iger. Okay. All right. I don't know the answer. Okay. Well, stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> I guess we will. <laughs> uh, as we uh, wrap up here, let's talk about a couple adaptations that are in the works. Uh, it looks like La- uh, Chris McKay, who directed the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. <clears throat> and some other um, animated stuff is going to be doing a um, live action uh, adaptation of Johnny Quest. Oh, I guess I could see that. I could see it being live action. Um, yeah. Okay. How did Johnny Quest beat Venture Brothers to a live action adaptation? Oh boy, I don't know the answer to that. Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Is alive. Yeah. And very large. Yeah. Maybe too large. <laughs> so a little keto. Yeah. And then blonde wig. Uh-huh. And we're good to go. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're I see what you're saying. Like one has eclipsed the other in popularity, right? Yeah, I think so. So let's make the other one though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> maybe it was easier to get the rights to or something. Uh yeah, I maybe Cartoon Network, which you know, I'm sure is part of the same conglomerate. Well, let's see, Warner Brothers. I'm not actually sure how it all works out, but yeah, I mean that seems like right. you just throw that up the chain to whoever the movie company is. Right. Here, Lionsgate, do this. Right, exactly. Or whatever, yeah. Um, I think it's a little strange. Uh, speaking of strange, uh, when you when they made Doctor Strange into a movie, I think you had to sort of, you know, keep it, keep it honest and uh, authentic, but also skirt around Doctor Orpheus. I, I know, right? <laughs> because that has... 
I think replaced, you know, the, the pastiche has replaced the original in people's consciousness. Yeah, I would agree So instead that. he has to be like, I don't believe in chakras or, or <laughs> yoga, hot yoga or whatever. <laughs> and he's not like, the spirits of the fourteen flame. Yes, exactly. Burr, I mean, they made him even like look like Doctor Strange. I mean, doesn't yeah. he have like the gray in the temples too? Like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, um, pretty uncanny. And the beard that on a magician is uh, refined, but it's pretty much the same beard as on like a Hell's Angel. Yeah, it's like the same thing. <laughs> Put a pot hat with a spike on that guy, and it's oh my pretty much the same thing. And here's some great news in some dimension. Uh-oh. Looks like Grant Morrison is adapting the Invisibles for television. Okay. Um, tell me more about the Invisibles. Um, really? Yeah. The Invisibles is a very famous, very influential comic series okay. from Vertigo Comics. Okay. What is it about? I'll tell you more. Yes, please do. Uh, it's really hard to describe. Okay. Are they definitely... invisible? All right. <laughs> there have definitely been things later on that are in the style of it. In fact, when The Matrix came out, he accused The Matrix of kind of ripping him off. Ooh. But that's not okay. totally a thing. It's basically they are like a Fox Force 5 of reality warping, like supernatural um, superheroes. Okay. And so, like, the world is secretly controlled by. You know, the forces that it's controlled by. The New World Order, which is controlled by Cthulian like gods okay. and, you know, sentient nanoviruses and all, you know, right. all this sort of stuff. And then so <clears throat> the Invisibles are like um, Gideon Stargrave, uh, who's actually King Mob, uh, who's like uh, just got guns and cast spells and like a okay. um, uh, transgender like witch and... Uh, the the girl that kicks butt, which is a was a new thing then. It's an old thing now. Yeah. And um, Fanny is like a time traveling sort of, and they all have like magic and powers, and they're hackers too, and it's just sort of everything. Oh, okay. Well, that could be cool. <laughs> <laughs> sure could. Oh, all right. It sure could. Yeah. All right. Good luck explaining any of it. Okay. Well, how does it? Like- this will be like Legion on LSD. Oh, boy. So you watch Legion, and you're like, I like that. Can you tell me what happened? <laughs> this is like, do a you know, some speed balls, and do yeah. a hit a tab, and now we're doing this. Yeah, I know. Okay, great. Well, hopefully, uh, Mr. Morrison will make it understandable as well as entertaining, I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, he is... Uh, pr- he's doing it with Universal Cable Productions. Um, okay. It's not on a network yet. But we'll see. Okay. I mean, it's got <coughs> his name attached to it. That still holds some uh, some sway, I think. I think so, too. Um, here's a list of things that exist in The Invisibles. Uh, cosmic Placentas. A time-traveling Marquis de Sade. The okay. Ghosts of the Beatles. Oh, my gosh. Demon-possessed crack. Skin-stealing assassins. Drugs that make you see printed words as the objects they describe. Human fox hunting and aerosol personalities. And I'd actually say that those are the most easily communicatable things that happen in the Oh, Invisibles. my goodness. I'm Okay. Now I know why you're concerned. Um, uh, my that's biggest a lot. Concern, if it fails, fine. My biggest concern is that they turn it into 
bald guys jumping through the air, slow motion, is shooting two guns. And they try to, like, you know, rip off the thing that ripped them off. Oh, I see what you're saying. Be real bad. Yeah, that could not be good. In The Invisibles, there is a spoon, and it's full of crystal meth. Oh, my gosh. Third thing that comes up on Google. Yeah. The killing. Uh-huh. The killing joke. Yep. Killing of a sacred deer. It's pretty good. It SEO. beat the killing fields. Yeah. It beat the killing on Netflix. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so there's 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 a lot of yeah, there's a lot there's a hum. There's a hum around this film. Yes. People can feel it. I would agree with that. Hum. We don't usually do this, but... Hum of dread. Now that we've reached, you know, sort of the end, uh, or at least the current end of his... Uh, I want to look at the Metacritic scores for it. Not Rotten Tomatoes, F Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Going for the real deal, it's Metacritic. For to all show... those films, or... Oh, sure. Yeah, okay, why not? Okay. Good segment. Okay. Um, to show the disconnect between how good these are <laughs> yes how much people don't understand them yes. and uh, the opposite of the ocean walker i thought people were supposed to say they liked it yeah instead exactly. they go what is this crap I don't get it yeah i know it's dumb yeah so it's currently at a 73 on metacritic that's not bad that isn't bad uh i think this remember this is you know his most recent he's a thing now yes and you're not going to get your local um, the Poughkeepsie periodical uh, reviewer guy. This is right. going to be like uh, Variety, Empire. They're all on board. But there are yep. mixed and negative reviews. Okay, sure. So let's look at the most fawning review. Okay. Andrew right. Lowry of The Empire says, Working as a profound meditation on karma, predestination and guilt, and a proper scary movie, this is near career best work from all involved. But be warned, this is tough stuff. Yeah, writing a review is tough stuff. Yeah. Uh, what else? Let's go to the mixed reviews. Okay. It's gone to the negative. Uh, user score 6.8, I should say. Okay. Uh, Slate, Sam Adams of Slate says, <clears throat> The whole movie starts to feel like a dare or elaborate game. The characters shuffling obediently about the board with no rules to guide them. Myths grow out of a need to understand the world and to pass on a... Just can you like make a squishy jerk, jerking off sound while I do this? Don't do it. Don't do it. It's weird. <laughs> and to pass on Anthemos just teaches you to be more cautious about his next film. How you doing, Sam? Is everything okay? Yeah. That doesn't seem to be talking about this movie. No. Uh, negative reviews. Ty Burr. Oh, Ty. Ty. I used to have such high hopes for you. <laughs> the cast is earnest, and they almost convince us they're doing important rather than self-important work. Ty, I'd argue that's the entire point of the film. I would argue that's the entire point of the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now you're talking about the movie thinks it's self-important. Yeah. And I don't think that's true at all. The movie is about a kid that eats spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Grossly. I don't think the movie has any pretension at all, except yeah. in its staging, which we'll talk about. But the movie, these people are ridiculous. And yeah. the movie knows it. Mm -hmm. In fact, the movie does everything it can to show them completely objectively. So you go, these, these people. Yeah. Turn the gun on all of yourselves. Right. But Ty didn't get that. No. He's been doing this for a long time. 
So opinions are divided on all of his films, yeah. especially on this film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, mm-hmm. the best Alicia Silverstone movie I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Got Poor her. I... Oh, man. Got her. It, l- let me look at something real fast here. Okay. You want to know all the things of his films? Yeah. We talk about how people don't like him. Yep. Maybe that's not true. Okay. Because Dogtooth got a 73. Okay. Alps got a 69. All right. The Lobster got an 82. Okay. And The Killing of a Sacred Deer got a 73. So The Lobster got the highest. And all of those scores uh, on the user side are within five or 0.5 points, a half a point of seven. Okay. So they range from like 6.5 to 7.5. Okay. Or so. Sure. Except for Alps is a 6.1. Okay. I would argue Alps is pretty inaccessible, though. Yeah. Yeah. So um, both u- uh, users and reviewers seem to agree. Now, the favorite already has reviews ahead of its release oh, uh, okay. in, in two weeks. Uh, 91. Wow. So I don't doubt that it's good, but the fix is in at this point. Do you know what I mean? It's Critics know that they're supposed to say that this guy is good. That we have we have now reached Ocean Walker levels. Do you think that it's going to be his most accessible film? Because I think it is a, a historical drama. Save that for the end. Okay. What happens in Killing of a Sacred Deer? Um. Wow. What does not happen in Killing of a Sacred Deer? Um. It. So it's, I know what doesn't happen. Yeah. A family doesn't get a piano. I know yeah, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. Spoilers so, for Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. So Stephen Colin Farrell is a, um, he's a surgeon. Stephen Colin Farrell? <laughs> Colin Farrell. Did you? Who plays Stephen. Did you read uh, the first part of a synopsis where his character name said was Stephen and then his name Colin Farrell was in parentheses after that, but you just read the whole thing? I, no, I just was trying to say his character name. We all know then, what happened. Anyways, <laughs> um, he plays a surgeon and um, he meets with this young man at the beginning of the film named Martin and he gives him a watch and they're just kind of like trying to figure out what their relationship is and it's not very clear at the beginning. As the film goes on, uh, you find out that uh, Martin's dad was a patient of Stephen's and he he died and Martin blames Stephen for his death. Um, and... Is it blame? He thinks he caused it. Right, but okay, we'll we'll, we'll get to it later. Okay, continue. Um, and then Stephen is married to uh, Anna, who's played by Nicole Kidman. Uh, they have two kids named Kim and Bobby. Um, and they live in a pretty nice house in a pretty nice neighborhood. Somewhere high ceilings. Yeah, somewhere we don't know. Somewhere in America. Um, and then Michigan. what happens is it's Lansing, Michigan, is it? Or at least the, uh, environs. Yeah. Okay. It's Lansing, Michigan. Um, and then, uh, Bobby gets sick. His legs won't move. Bob. His legs feel numb. Bobby. What did I say? I don't know what I said. But they call it in the room. They call him Bob. Yeah. They call him Bob. Um, none of that Bobby crap. All right. So he gets sick and he gets put in the hospital and then. Um, Martin is visiting him and then he asks to see Steven in the cafeteria and he's like, you're always giving me gifts and I've never given you a gift. So I feel bad. So here's a Swiss army knife. And, yeah. and then 
And then he says, I'm really sorry about Bobby. And Stephen's like, oh, it's nothing. And, and Martin's like, no, it really is. And he goes on to say that um, he's... I curse thee, I curse thee, I curse thee. Right, exactly. Like, he's going to die. And uh, unless you choose somebody in your family to who's going to die as a sacrifice, um, they will all get sick. Right. So... Um, and when blood comes out of their eyes, that means they're about to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, really? Okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. So then we see Martin being escorted off the premises by some security guards. Yeah. Um, and hilarity ensues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a basic <laughs> thrust of the film. Yeah. Um... That's pretty much what happens. Yeah. Why a knife? Why does he give him a knife? Um, I don't know because it's uh, useful and um. He's never uses the knife for anything, does he? No, I don't think he ever does. Yeah. I don't know why he gives it to him. There's, I mean, why a watch? But I, I just, I never, I've thought about this movie a lot. I've seen it a bunch of times, and even on the poster, the ceiling is just a million feet tall. Yeah. Um, and I've never thought about why a knife before. I haven't either. Maybe because he's a surgeon, like he feels like he'd be good <laughs> with it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, I feel like the watch is kind of like an ironic thing because it's like he gives him a gift that he likes. It's like the exact same watch that he has. But no, it's not. It's not. It's well, the watch he, that his coworker has. Oh, you're right. Um, and he gets a leather strap for it instead of a metal strap. Um, but then, <laughs> ding, check I, it off on the. <laughs> I know. Um, but it's almost. I don't know if I want to say ironic or like he's he gave uh, him something to keep track of time, and he's basically saying this is how much time your loved ones have left. Yeah, I mean, that's the pretty surface reading. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't go any deeper than that. Yeah. Like Overlord. Um, This is, in my opinion, the most straightforward of his films. And it's the film that is driven most by a quote-unquote plot. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. Clearly there is a quote-unquote ticking clock in Dogtooth or Alps just in the the desperation uh, and the worsening mental state of the people involved mm-hmm. so that something's going to happen. Right. But this is the first one where, you know, some a character goes... Well, I mean, the lobster, I guess, as well, at least for the first part, get a mate or you're an animal. Right. But then he escapes, and the second half of the movie is like back to dread. Yes. Just sort of a general sen- rising sense of dread. Yes. But this is actually it, that combined with, you know, the blood's coming out of the eyes yeah. at 12 o'clock or whatever. Yep. So there is something has to happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's the most, quote unquote, Hollywood, I think, of setups. Yeah. I would agree with that. How are we going to stop this? You're not. <laughs> right. You're not. Right. And the action in the movie is us watching you, you know, claw your eyes out. No, that was the last movie. Um, <laughs> so to speak, you know, under this sort yes. of um, curse or pressure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. I think this is the best looking of his films. Okay. Whatever that means. There are a lot of touches in 
um, the lobster that look good, but are just ornamental, like a peacock walking through the woods. Uh, there are several animals, you know? random animals walking through the woods, like but a camel. This, yeah, but this looks great, <clears throat> but it's also the first that is photographed in such a way to communicate something. And it's part of me, I already think that he is clearly a, a talented filmmaker. Yeah. But it's almost like, you know, this is his fourth or fifth, we should know, fifth major film. It, to me, it's almost like he's, it's like seeing his d- uh, director discover that he can do stuff. Okay. Or maybe he's, but I don't think that's what it is. I don't think he just realized that having the car- a camera follow a character from behind is spooky. But it's the first time that he went, no, I specifically want to use these tropes and techniques to accentuate the rising tension of the film mm-hmm. well the music definitely does that yes. in this film yes uh it just fills you with dread music uh, let's say sound track yeah it's not a lot of music no you're right <laughs> there's a lot of like atonal like crashes and, and hums and um string trills and things like that mm-hmm. uh and it is shot you know we we talked before i don't think it's um a sense of it's i don't think it's technical incompetence at all but one of our things is you know, actors are cut out of shots, their yeah. heads or, or whatever. And it's because it's, I think, sort of a um, see you, what you see is what you get sort of framing, you know, mm-hmm. a very um, objective kind of framing. This film, he totally commits to he pulls everything back. And we talk about the huge rooms, which he's also shooting on like a, a wide lens in this house, the high ceilings and the characters heads are like barely at the midpoint. So you get this sense of air and space. And then the camera is like like, almost like a security camera, you know, is poised in the corner of the room. And when a character moves, it sort of pans, you know, just smoothly to follow them. Mm -hmm. You you get the sense of a very outside observer of, of what's going on here. Yeah. I would agree with that. (laughs) And I think, excuse me. And I think that that's all intentional, and I think it's meant for us to, it's it's meant to um, to accentuate the detachment, you know, from what's going on. Um, we're seeing all of this, like, uh, like a god, Greek god, you know, like somebody who's sure. removed from it. Um, we'll get to it that in a second. Um, there's one shot in this which I think is brilliant, and it's so simple, but it's when they're letting Bob go from the hospital the first time, and he and uh, Nicole Kidman are riding down the escalator. Yep. And the thing is, um, they're being shot from high up, just like in a public building, the sort of atrium, you know, where the escalators are and it's, yeah. you know, goes up. Like there's like a there's no ceiling. It goes up to the roof or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And we're just watching from the second or maybe third floor above where the escalators are. And it camera tilts down to follow them until it's pointing straight down. And then Bob just falls out like he's just face yes. plants on the ground. Yes. And the whole time we're looking at it. Just from the little corner, like if you're at the food court and just looking down at somebody eating China Express, you know, right? <laughs> just and n- we're unconnected to what's happening emotionally. I mean, we are as viewers, but the f- movie's telling us nothing, mm-hmm. and it's almost it's this very removed, like how God sees all this. Mm-hmm. No, that's very true. One more thing, yeah. Just I mean, I have the I'm like a film master student defending his thesis or whatever like I'll I'll look I'll pick anything apart but there's also a scene where uh in their home which it's all um he hasn't gone Hollywood yet like it's all um natural or like practically lit you know the home yep. is very warm because it's all light bulbs and you know there isn't any real stage lighting that you can see yeah, yeah or film lighting and there's a part where I think it's where he's um 
um, bandaging or dressing his daughter's wounds from crawling around where they're on the couch and there's a lamp on either side of the couch and the lamp's doing that thing the way the light can go up through the top hole of a lamp. Yes. And casting like a circle yes. or, uh, of light on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And there are these two circles that look like giant eyes that made me think of something watching you. You know, a wow, distant really remote figure. It reminded me of uh, Dr. T.J. Eckelberg from uh, The Great Gatsby. Okay, uh, sure. That same sort of thing. All right. Like there are, we are watching this. There are things, there are unfeeling things that are not connected to this that are watching what is what is happening that's very creepy and unsettling but it's super self-important so zero stars <laughs> gonna fly to boston oh man um did you care about what happened in, to the people in this film i did um you unfeeling i didn't observer? feel like it was unfeeling i mean uh, to be fair um they weren't necessarily the most sympathetic characters that i've ever seen (laughs) um i i you know i i think that that uh colin farrell's character is kind of you know he is kind of like self-important like i am a surgeon and i i save people's lives and i do all this stuff and i'm helping martin out because he doesn't have a father anymore yeah (laughs) and you know so I guess, let me ask you a question. Yes. Do you think that Martin had said anything to him about this sacrifice before Bob got sick? Like, why was he spending all this time with Martin? Because his That's dad why I died? asked about blame before. Yeah. Because it's natural for us to assume um, a lot of hate or uh, psychosis, you know, on the part of Martin uh, for his involvement in all this. Mm-hmm. But, and I think I said something about this like while we were watching it, this world is so weird, it's hard to know what is weird and yeah. what is... Normal. But it's not quirky, though. I think, see, that's the thing. The characters are all muted emotionally, but I think everything is mostly honest still. And that's why Martin stands out for me, because even when he is being kidnapped and tortured by uh, Stephen for what's going on, he never, like, says, like, F you, you know, you got my dad or something like that. It, like, right. it's all just, and it, it, it accentuates his, um, the banality of the evil of this. Yeah. That it doesn't, he doesn't have any feeling or investment in it. So the answer is, I don't know. I think that for all, as weird as people act in most Yorgos Lanthimos movies, and definitely as weird as they act in this, I do think that he is slightly an outlier in that he is not exactly a, a full character. Okay. And maybe that's what eating the spaghetti is all about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He is turned up to 11 in terms of his weird and grossness. Yes. And the movie never misses a chance for him to eat something as noisily as possible. I agree. He has a very wet mouth. And yeah. I think that we're supposed to feel disgusted by him, possibly so we don't end up um, sympathizing with him. Sure. He's also uh, trying to bang this guy's kid. Yeah, I know. Uh, which is just, that's a, that's actually like the most normal thing that he does, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this girl's cute and she wants to hang out with me. Let's, let's, let's do it. Right. Um, and if he was really on a mission of revenge and that could end with this girl's death, he doesn't do anything to try to stop that. No. And when she comes to him and suggests that, you know, she'll go off together. with him if he lets stops this, uh, n- nothing. Doesn't move the needle at all. So No, doesn't. So he's hard to 
get a read on. Yeah, he really is. It seems like he doesn't really care about her. I'm so, so glad I saw um, the guy that plays Martin, Barry Keown, in another movie, and he's great. He's a, he's a good, expressive actor. Okay. We've talked before about how good actors aren't necessarily right for Lanthimos this. Film. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman does great. Mm-hmm. Um, she was somebody I was worried about because she's also a very good actor, um, but she can be expressive or non-expressive, and I think she nails it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the standout of if this is Barry Cowan just steals the show. Yeah, like he I is agree with that. so good, mm-hmm. and he is so he's perfect. It, I wonder if he just nailed it exactly, or if they changed the role some to fit what he was doing. But he just nails that, like you said before. He just nails that completely matter of fact. Uh, this is what's going to happen. Your son's going to die now, and of course, you can see that this makes sense because you killed my father, and so right. you have to kill one of your sons too, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, more pie, please. You know, it's just like yeah. <laughs> it's just he's just so neutral, and then he's like trying to hook him up with his mom, and you yeah. can tell that there is desperation somewhat there, like when he wants to him to show him how much hair he has under his arms. Yeah. <laughs> It's so weird. He says please three times. Oh my gosh. It's the most, but he doesn't say like please. Like he, it's the most um, uh, begging or, or, or desperate or pleading that he gets in the film. Uh huh. God knows why it's important. Right. Um, but yeah. maybe he just emulates him and he wants to be like him or something. Yeah. Again, that's that's you know that's attributing um, a, an emotional motivation that I I, I wouldn't argue with, but I, it's not necessarily supported you know the movie plays it pretty straight no you're right they do um and i will also say that uh as far as uh, actors that you're not sure if they're any good or not but they land solidly within a yorgos lanthimos movie yeah alicia silverstone yeah i know batgirl does a great job oh god she does do a great job she's only in one scene though what do you think the press do you think you tell them to just say the lines or i yeah i don't know do you go to nicole kidman and you go now don't act <laughs> don't act and you know what i mean by that right because you've done this for a long time right and then keep going looking good colin yeah <laughs> he's just doing he thinks he's killing it yeah but it's like exactly what you want right that's part of being a good director is like getting exactly what you want uh and working you know it, and that means a lot of different things for a lot of different you know actors right exactly and like barry Keown is good, but he's young. Maybe he comes on and thinks, let me tell you about spaghetti. You want to know about spaghetti? And you go, <laughs> okay, so you're doing great. Here's what we want, you know. I want this from this guy. He is gr- a little gross. Yes. You, you would not be surprised to find food on his face. Yeah. Um, but also, he's doesn't feel anything about this. You know, he is completely neutral. To him, this makes the most sense. He's mm-hmm. not even blaming somebody. He just, this is, he is the universe's accountant, basically. Right. And he's here to balance the, the equation. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. And then Barry goes, oh, sure, and I, I understand now. That's my <laughs> Irish accent. Bad. But then uh, Lisa Silverstone, it's like, yeah, honey, you're doing great. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um it's um he definitely gets what he wants out of the actors though i think um however his whatever his methods are um and if you're like somebody like sunny um suljic who plays bob who i was surprised to find out bob is supposed to be 12 oh wow so he's like maybe pre growth spurt yeah 
But if be. Martin's 16, there's a lot of difference between those two. Yeah, that's true. People. Um, uh, if you're a 12-year-old a uh, child actor, yeah. you come in. That's got to be tough, too. Yeah. Because the director's like, all right, you were really great in that Sunny D commercial, but here's what we're going to do now. I right. you to just, boop, like, <laughs> flatline. <laughs> you know, know when SpongeBob is, he's, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't work with kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's good. Um, Rafi Cassidy uh, plays the older sister. Yeah, she's really Kim, good, Kim, and I just noticed something. Maybe this should go on our bingo board. A lot of names. Yeah. Guess who doesn't have a name? Oh, no, you said it was Anna. Yeah. But she's credited as, like, the mother or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Nicole Kidman? I'll double check on that. But the original point was, uh, this is the first movie where I think everybody has a name. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. So, Um, is that necessary? You couldn't just say, sister, or son, your son, my son. Well, you could. That would just be another remove i think yeah but i, I want to know why he decided to pull the trigger and like name everybody yeah um maybe he wanted a, a story slightly more based in reality i don't know um weak <laughs> i have a feeling the favorite they're gonna have names they have to it's um historical it's yeah based on queen anne or whatever right this is based on loosely very loosely yeah on the story of iphigenia mm-hmm which I learned that not everybody knows what that is. So I'm going to do a quick version right now. Sounds good. There's this thing called the Trojan War. Yes. The Iliad is pretty much the whole story of that. Mm-hmm. And the, all the Greek ships need to sail to Troy, and they need a good wind. And what you do is you make a sacrifice. But this is an important one, so they need a, the biggest sacrifice of all. So Agamemnon, the leader of the Greek forces, decides to sacrifice his daughter, Iphigenia. Yeah. Uh, so they'll have good winds w- when they go. This pisses off his wife, Clytemnestra. Yep. So when he comes back from the war with a girlfriend who yeah. says, I don't want to go there. Everybody's going to die. Oh, whatever. Right. Named Cassandra. Uh, she and her new lover, Aegisthus, murder him. Yeah. Uh, and Cassandra, who's like, geez, I just, why is it my fault? Right. And uh, so anyway, uh, the kids don't like this. The kids are, uh, the remaining kids are Electra and Orestes, and they plot to kill um, Clytemnestra for killing their dad. Okay. That all goes off. Now, because Orestes has spilled family blood, I guess your husband doesn't count. Uh, the Furies hound him. The Furies or the Irenes, the kindly ones, are uh, spirits who persecute you for doing bad things, like killing family members. Right. So they chase Orestes all over the place. And it, it depends on what version of the story or what uh, author, what play you're going with. But eventually he, they figure it out. They figure it out? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's, uh, ba- bas- but the, the Furies basically chase you until you kill yourself. Okay. Or you repent somehow. Okay. So that's what we're dealing with here. All right. Um, it's very loosely based. Uh, so basically, Martin represents the Furies in this, in that he's sent this curse. You know, or, or Martin is the, the seer, you know, the, the Teresius or the Greek seer that comes in and goes, this is what it's going to be. Right. Sorry. Right. And then the blood and the curses and not walking or whatever is, you know, the, the furies, if you will. Okay. But I'm not, this isn't a looper video. I'm not saying that that's right. actually what's happening. That's, boy. You're boy. right. Yeah. <laughs> Folding Ideas is a great YouTube channel. And Dan did a video recently about how these YouTube video channels 
take the specific they, they take the they mm, this microscope mm, look at the cells of this wood from the bark of this tree right that was just standing with a bunch of other trees right and i don't never heard the word forest before right Unless it's Forrest Gump. Right. Let me tell you what happens to Forrest Gump after the movie ends. Yeah, they just write these fan fictions that go off about, you know, the stupid elements. And it's like, it's all a metaphor. Right. So anyway. uh, Yeah. So that's what's going on. Yeah. What do you think about that? Give me time Um, to blow my nose. (laughs) uh, I think um, I think it's interesting. It um, it seems to make sense that he's a fury. um, Martin's a fury because he just keeps hounding them. Yeah. And uh, reminding them. And I mean, he even has the gall to call Kim when she's sick in the hospital. And then he wants her to get up from her bed and to see him from in the parking lot. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. And that goes towards Anna is present for that. That's yes. kind of part of her storyline. And her storyline is I appreciate them trying to give her a storyline because she could have easily been wife who makes lemon cake. And then lays very, very still so you can have sex on her. I know. And they try to give her a thing and it ends up being kind of confusing, unsatisfying moments like that. And then her jerking off his friend for some information. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What? Exactly. (laughs) Is that supposed to be like, okay, so I know it's based on uh, the story of Iphigenia, Mm -hmm. but let's flip over to something like Oedipus. Is that supposed to be... Uh, Jocasta sort of like doing her own thing, talking to her own people while Oedipus is like attacking the problem, you know, as the ruler of. Yeah, I could see that. Thebes. Yeah, I could see that. Well, I don't remember Jocasta jerking anybody off. <laughs> In a scene no. that's very, very Lanthimos. Yeah. But I almost feel like it's Lanthimos doing Lanthimos. Okay. See what I mean? Yeah, I think. He's I like, I've gone an hour ten into this. With everybody kind of making moves that make sense. Better have a parking lot hand job. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Because clearly that's the only way I'm going to get information. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> guy, Larry's kind of a jerk. He's like, what do I get out of it? I, he's, a, he's a mechanical. Yeah. You know, he's not. <laughs> first, well, first of all, he is as. Um, I think the, 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 the crime is, like any Greek tragedy, is hubris. You know, pride is hubris. Hubris is pride. Yeah. And when we start off, Google users, 61% like this movie. What do you guys know? <laughs> uh, 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, he's, he's proud, or at least he is proud in, I mean, being a cardiovascular surgeon is something to be proud of. Perhaps more proud right. than... Uh, killing a guy on the road and then answering a, a lion lady's questions and now you're king. Uh, <laughs> but he is definitely in denial over, you know, the fact that this happened. Yeah. And it's played for laughs because he says, you know, only an anesthetic can kill a patient. And then later right. the anesthetic guy is like, only a doctor can kill a patient. I know. So I think it just shows that it, it, we're in a class of people who is self-deluded. Whereas Martin lives in a crappy part of town and eats spaghetti the most grossly ever the grossest spaghetti since gummo let's just say that um he's uh he's in a different world our martin and it's perfectly encapsulated in the first couple scenes where we see his thing he talks about the watch he goes and meets so-and-so and we don't know what's going on we find out later i've read like in a review somebody thought that it's like oh maybe he's his lover or something like that Oh, really? I was like, I don't... I think you're not supposed to know. Maybe you're supposed to assume that. I don't know. But well, that's not what it, it is. I mean, 
it's just clear from the beginning they have a unique somewhat relationship yeah. and like when he lies to his friend in the hospital and says oh this is a friend of my daughter's from school i'm like yeah i don't think that's true <laughs> like, no it's not no it's not but martin goes home and or uh, excuse me uh, Stephen goes home and he has his family and they're talking about getting your hair cut yeah and then he's like getting ready for bed and there's an exchange where his wife says that she's going to make him a, she's going to wear the dress he likes and she's going to make him a lemon cake for his birthday and it's more like i know it's it is lemon cake but it sounds like it could be something else she's like i'm going to make you lemon cake and only you're going to get to eat it yeah not even the kids are going to have some yeah and he's like poor kids I know. <laughs> it's like the most arch <laughs> like any character in a yorgos <laughs> the most movies ever been yeah and then she uh uh takes her clothes off and lays down yeah um they even what what do they call it it's like full anesthesia fully under or full anesthesia or something yeah like yeah anyway yeah there's a lot about people going to sleep or being put to sleep or not being able to move yes there's a lot about that all right not having agency maybe maybe too obvious yeah not as obvious as the scene where Stephen talks to his daughter's teacher and his daughter he, the teacher says that the daughter's done a report on Iphigenia. i know I know you. You broke. <laughs> you broke, Lorgos. The universe stared at you. Those big eyes of lamplight <laughs> on the ceiling stared at you, and you blinked. That's right. Do you want to do the game? Oh, uh, let's do the game. Unless you think that uh, my notes go on forever, but we'll talk about the important stuff. Okay, I think that at works. the end of the game, I want to talk about a different game. Okay, we're gonna make up a game. All right, sounds good. What's the first one in the game? Unsexy sex. <laughs> yeah. I think we got that. I don't know. If you are a um, lie still fetishist, <laughs> maybe it's pretty hot. Play dead. But I would Aww. say that the parking lot hand job yeah. fits the bill. Yeah, that's true as well. Uh, stilted dialogue. So let's talk about the, the, the new game right now. Okay. As we get better at this, what's the point of this game? <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> It's fun. But as we get better at this, I start to wonder if some of these blocks, if it's just cheating. Like one of the blocks could be, yeah. says directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, I well, know. Well, that's going to apply to all of them. Yeah. Has very, very tiny, very small text yes. in the credits. Mm -hmm. uh, every every movie. Yeah. So, I yeah, right? Yeah, there's still the dialogue. But what do we mean by that? Um... I think we mean... Still to delivery is maybe what we mean. Yeah. I think that's what we mean. Because I think the characters in this movie talk as eloquently as any characters ever. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's um, Barry, Barry Keoghan's style or his delivery, but his sentences seem the most like conversational mm -hmm. of pretty much any <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos character outside of John C. Riley. I suppose. You know, he's just like, you know, I eat this spaghetti and I eat it just like my father. Right. You know, and I, I, it's, yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess I question what the stilted means. But um, if, if we mean delivery. I think we do mean delivery. And I, I think, you you've know. you got a great body. Yeah. I, that's that's flat effect. Yeah. It's, we'll get is. there. Yep. Um, head trauma. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, Martin. He's punched in the face many yep. times. Many, many times. Um, adults acting like children. I had a real good one for this. Okay. 
and I think I, I wanted to introduce again in this anti-game the the dark side. Right. Turn, turn turn the page over. Maybe there's a game on the back. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Uh, you have kids acting like adults in this. Yeah, you do. This is one of the first films that has really had child characters in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. <laughs> right. They're not going to be singing SpongeBob. Like, right. They're going to be acting like the adults. Father, I should have. I'm sorry I didn't get my hair cut when you asked me to. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. I don't know if, like I said, like if he makes 100 films... You know, definitely some new squares are going to go on this, and maybe that's yes. one. As far as kids acting like adults, or excuse me, uh, adults acting like kids, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Except maybe like Larry being like, "Well, what do I get?" <laughs> you know, mm. but he's no. just a perv- pervy dude. But yeah, I guess. I'd have to say no. Okay. I think the we'll, adults we'll act we'll like adults, it. and the kids act like adults. Okay. Making up a game. Because I would even say his emotional outburst where he just starts throwing shit. Teeth, pubes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> throwing things all over the kitchen. You know, it's just, he's just acting out. So. Yeah. But it's not like a true. kid. It's, yeah. a, it's a tantrum. Adults can throw tantrums. Yeah, that's true. What's the square? Making up a game. Yeah. Yeah. We get the, um, let's tell each other a secret game. Yeah. And Bobby's like, I don't have any secrets. <laughs> Not like that. Yeah. Now, my secret requires a phone and the number for CPS. Yes. Um, violent punishment. Yeah. I think Martin is gets a lot of yes. that. Uh, body horror. Again, um, this is a square that, in retrospect, I think I'd want to remove. Okay. What to replace it with? I don't know. Okay. Grievous injury. I mean, I think when Martin bites himself. Yeah. That's pretty body horror. Yeah, but, you know, what what constitutes body horror? This um, isn't, you know, this isn't Cronenberg. Yeah, I know. I, I think anything... Google says... Oh, boy. Uh, subgenre of horror which intentionally showcases graphic or psychologically disturbing violations of the human body. It not supposed to work like that. Right. I think would be body horror. Overlord would be body horror. In fact, it's one of the first news results when you search for body horror. Okay. So I don't know. Hitting, knocking your own canine tooth out with a a weight, an aerobic weight. Yes. uh, Is horrific. Yes. So I think that would be close. I, I need an arbitration on this. Um, I I still think him biting himself is body horror. A girl dragging her legs bloody, you know, over yeah five blocks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think that if the, it's a if there's blood, there's fire like uh, situation. But I'll go with it for now. Okay. Um. Next one. Inane discussion about material objects. Do you like a leather strap or a metal strap? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, flat affect. Uh, yes. Although, again, this is like, is this the container or is this the present? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I know what you certainly. Mean. Uh, bribery. A ton of bribery. Yeah. Everybody's bribing Martin for their life. Yeah. At the end of this thing. Yeah. And then. Nicole bribes Larry with a hand job. So the old hand job bribe. Yep. 
awkward dancing. This is sadly missing from this film. We're, I know. We were two steps away from uh, uh, Kimmy. I think her name's Kim. Uh, Kim, yeah. Kim and uh, Martin. You know, teen dancing or something like right, that. Right, exactly. so close. I know. Um, but then again, this is the first uh, Yargalus uh, Lanthimos movie with no Angelica Popolini um, in yeah, it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what happened there? I don't know. Had falling out? She just danced awkwardly through the frame <laughs> like Elaine at a party. Right. We'll call it good. Um, next one is misnaming things or people. Yeah, I thought about this one too. I don't think this really happens in this film. No, I mean we could try to. Um, no, he's because he says his name's Martin. I can't think of anything. I can't either. Did you have any notes? Uh, no, I did not. Well, then you can't look at them. I, nope, I think we're out. I think we're out, I too. I think I missed this one. Okay, then we got free space. Yeah. Um, then identity erasure. See, this is another one where I don't think that we have it necessarily. Because, I don't think we have it necessarily And you can make either. all kinds of, you know, hand-wavy arguments, but they all all these characters have names you know they have to be who they are it's very important yeah you could say that martin has a sort of self immolation in terms of his identity when he thinks that he and his father are eat spaghetti the exactly the same and they have this connection and then he finds that everybody eats spaghetti that and, way you know the existentially the bottom falls out you know for him yeah right I just talk myself into it okay but Again, this is a vague box. So is it peop somebody else erasing your identity or is it feeling that you have no identity? And I would say erasure requires a hand. So therefore, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next one oh is self-mutilation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, inappropriate family interaction. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, I think um, so. When Stephen tells Bobby story. about his story with his dad Here's that was story. pretty inappropriate <laughs> yeah american culture intrusion her favorite movie is groundhog day yeah you're right no isn't that martin's favorite movie i thought he said it was his mom's favorite movie oh okay i can't remember but one of them it's one of them now yeah. i now i want to know look at my notes because <laughs> what does that say remember this is a character who is trapped and they literally are on the scene where Andy McDowell says, you're not God. Right. Right. There so. are two dog trainer scenes. in this. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah. Okay. For sure. Even though they're in America. Right. Exactly. Uh, next one is stickers. There are the return of the stickers there are absolutely stickers <laughs> in this movie i knew it had a place on this on yep. this chart uh predatory authority figures i don't think so i don't think so either no i mean divorced from you know his position as the head of a family um he doesn't even really pray necessarily steven yeah um a guy who is a friend of anna's husband extract sexual favors from her but yeah. i don't think so i don't think so either yeah next one is sadism 
I don't think either, unless you consider a man attacking somebody who he thinks is holds control over the lives of his children. I don't think there's any. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that because, that's... as we've established, in my opinion, I don't think that that Martin is trying to be sadistic. I think if even, first of all, it's all a metaphor and fake and weird and not real. But insofar as he feels like he has any control of the situation, I think that I don't think that he feels like he's being sadistic in doing it. He's not taking any pleasure in it. He does not have any pleasure at all. Yeah. Uh, Kim, you know, strips down to her underwear and gets on the bed, and he's like, "Yeah, I gotta go." I know. So. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, sexual fluidity. I don't think so. After missing a check on a bunch of things, mm-hmm. you don't want to have uh, Stephen jerking his dad off as a. Oh, I guess that works. All right. Again, what do we mean by right. sexual fluidity? So. I know. Uh, performing, I would say yes. Uh, Kim sings a song for Martin, and then later we see her in choir practice. Yes, in the most beautiful shot, I think, of the film, where she's standing against a tree, and it sort of pulls back, and it, it, the shot encapsulates the entire tree, Yeah, which is bare. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Right. And then it, it, the camera starts to sort of rotate around like the tableau, and it's a very nice shot, almost as if he was saying... This whole thing looks like it was shot on a security cam. I, I can do cool stuff still. Right. And in that scene, she has a cigarette in her hand. Does she really? You thought it was an acceleration, but it's it's already, oh. the serpent is already in the garden. Okay. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, next one is pets. They do have a dog. <laughs> they so. have a dog who intermittently shows up. Yes. When they remember, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just part of having two kids in a house and a dog. Yeah, I think so, to be too. There. But, like, when he's trying to decide what family member to kill, <laughs> I just wanted to see where the dog's like, you know, we've always been tight, right? <laughs> <laughs> Every night I bring you your slippers. Oh, my goodness. You can count on me. Yeah, he did not. Uh, you did can not, have my MP3 player. I don't even use it. He did not include the dog <laughs> with his family when he tied them all up. Yeah. Uh, next one is bathing suits. I think this is the first mm. film we don't see that. Okay, but that's a pretty good run, though. It is a pretty good run. Yeah. Um, no act- bathing suits. Actors' heads cut out of shot. Yeah, there's heads, whole bodies, everything's cut out of shot. Okay, let me count this up real What's quick. What's our running total? One, two, three, and four, I should say six, that eight, nine, ten, it, if it's... It, it's going to be less. And if it is less, what does that mean? Uh, it is 18, including the free space. Do we not include the free space? I mean, no. Okay, so 17. <laughs> 17. Yeah. That's our lowest one so far. It is our, by far our lowest one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, the Alps and uh, Lobster all were like around 21 or so. So, and yeah. Tattoo. Yeah. On the Lanthimeter. Yeah. I wanted to know what you thought of the ending of the film. Because, remember, we are keeping the, um, the solid uh, themes of Greek tragedy, of hubris and whatnot, and that's Stephen's flaw, and he doesn't fix it by, like in the end of the Orestia, like Orestes goes on trial, and literally gods, like, you know, our Apollo's got to show up and go, give the guy a break. Mm-hmm. Look at his life. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of gets off. Um, in this, you, you know, killing yourself is an option. 
to make this stop. Yeah, and he never considers right. it. You're right. Well, he's he he is so all the characters are self-centered, but he is so mm-hmm. self-centered that he's like, gym teacher, which kid should I kill? Instead right. of like, look, I'll just kill myself and this will be, will be satisfied. Right. Well, and Martin says to him, you will be fine. Like, well, with the whole curse. But that's because yeah. he's the one who has to make, make the a sacrifice. decision. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The sacred deer. If you yeah. Will. The sacred deer comes from, in some versions of the story, I think Racine did a, a version of this um, story. And it's like the goddess Artemis is like impressed by Iphigenia's bravery. We don't want to believe that something as horrible as a father would kill his daughter for this dumb thing. Right. And so she is, at the last moment, she's whisked away and replaced with, you know, a, a sacred heart or deer. Okay. That, you know, is good for the sacrifice anyway. Okay. And then in some versions of the story, like, Orestes flees to this island and finds out that his sister is, like, the queen there. Now, okay. And so she protects him. Okay. None of that in this. No. That's no. None of this, this goes is, down. This is very dark. But um, Mr. Metal Watchband guy is so, you know, self-absorbed and so protecting of himself that he goes through with it and sacrifices one of his family members. Yeah, he does. Um, I think it's incredibly dark. Uh, I, I think it's depressing. And I wonder, like, A, how do they dispose of his body? Because... Um, it's not going to work to bring him to a hungry? funeral home or anything <laughs> like that, that. Let me take that back off your head. Yeah. Hungry? I can eat. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I mean, they'll probably have to bury him in the backyard like a pet, but then... Don't go loop do around you... us. Oh, okay. It, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. But my question to you about the ending was, are they in that diner at the end? I think they are. Um, I think that they are there showing Martin that... This is the they proof. They have one less person in their family. But now. this wor- movie is so weird. Couldn't they call Martin and just literally show him Bob's body? Yeah, they could. Um, but this I is think... our slow motion diner. Guy likes Tarantino, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, orchestral score, you know, uh, lo- significant yet blank looks. <laughs> well, I think they wanted to show also that Kim was well. That she can walk on her own again. Yeah. Um, and she's eating again. You know, because they she's do. She's eating french fries. She's eating them first yeah. with tons of ketchup. Yeah. So what, which, I don't it's know, what's blood. that? Maybe she likes mayonnaise on. Is that jizz? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to start seeing mayonnaise as jizz in all the movies. Oh, gross. Um, There's mayonnaise everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> what did you think about her... Okay, play Looper for a second, I guess, and say, like, how do you think this... What's going to happen? I don't know how they can continue being a family without some therapy, but his <laughs> movies are so strange that they don't even think to consider that. They're just like, yeah, this is normal life now. Um, yep. Well, yeah, to the point where <laughs> God, <laughs> a guy duct tapes his family I know. to the furniture in the living room. Puts bags on his he- their heads, yes. spins around with a hunting rifle, and misses twice before yes. he goes, third time's a charm. Right. Maybe you had two chances to go, what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's almost like a game, too. Like a really dark and that's sick, horrible game. That's the most effed up, worst game ever. That's yeah. like a Michael Haneke game. Exactly. 
Um, Speaking of which, yeah. I think that these movies, and if I ever find a director like him, and listeners, if you know one, suggest it, these are my horror movies. Okay. I never understand what people under- like and like liking seeing people who have just had sex get split open. Right. Um, something's there for them. But then when people like watch these movies like Yorgos Lanthanum most movies and go what like I'm like give me some more it's so good it's so good the whole lemon cake right exactly um yeah I think they're just so bizarre and like haunting in some ways like I think they stick with you um and make you think like if I was in this weird world how would I react to a situation like this yeah and there's so little going on and it's all character there's so little going on in the plot. Mm-hmm. Like your average James Bond movie has t- 10 times as much plot as, as right. these, these movies do. And there's not even, it's not even performance, you know, necessarily because the characters are all being flat, you know? Yeah. So it's merely just the situation that the character finds himself in, in this fake ridiculous world that's unbelievable, Yes. is yet super compelling. Mm-hmm. And that's... I mean, we've been talking about this for a month now, but that's exactly what makes these so good. Yeah, no, and I And why agree. the favorite is going to suck. It's not going to suck. We, we talked about how this is the biggest departure from the, the board, the card, in that it is also the most plot-elemented or based. The new movie is a historical dark comedy. Yes. That will literally, you know, it'll be a lot of plot because it's about... So and so goes to so and so, and then so and so, and then so and so, and so. Right. And Emma Stone, a character, a, an actress who, can she do this? I, I don't know. know. We'll I find out. Know. Yeah. We shall find. I out. I just watched. Well, I watched like half the episodes of Maniac and kind of slept through the other half. But <laughs> I just watched all of Maniac, and it's like, you know, she's a good actress, but she's a very expressive actress. Yeah, that's true. Even when she's, I'm really depressed about the death of my sister. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit here and sort of glower. Right. There's a lot lot going on. Yeah. So I know. It'll it'll be interesting to see if she can pull it off or not. Is John C. Riley in this next one? He better be. I don't know. We know Olivia Coleman can do it. Yeah. So but I almost think we she's know Rachel Vice can, can kinda do it. Yeah. So it's gonna be a lady tastic film. It is. I can't wait. Any last thoughts about Killing a Circuit Deer? It's available all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Prime mostly. Um, I would say see it because I think it's um, I think it's a good film. And like I said, I think it makes you think and I think it sticks with you, which I think is all evidence of a of a great film. Yeah. And um, it it's so it's so weird. It's so bizarre. Um, you end up really not liking Martin. But at the same time, I think. He is somewhat sympathetic. Oh, I love that gross little troll. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he's one of the best uh, movie villains. Yeah, I know he past is. Couple of years for sure. Yeah, the movie monster. Yeah. Great sound design in this movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a part where I think he hits him in the face with the butt of the gun, and he spits out blood. But you hear just a little tick, 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 like, of a, like tooth. A, of a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> in the crowd. Yes. Uh, this is you know I love. This guy's probably about my age, maybe a little older, mm-hmm. or maybe younger. I should be careful. And I love seeing him develop. And there's going to be, there's going to be a bump eventually. There's going to be a, you know, a miss. Sure. But it's almost for me. It feels like, you know, boy, I love that bananas. I can't wait to see where that goes. <laughs> and then watching Woody Allen make, 
Manhattan and Annie Hall and Stardust right. Memories or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, that's what it feels like to me. Uh-huh. And he's gone from the kind of elemental, just weirdness and tragedy of his early films to, I'm going to have to do a thing now. Like, I can only put four or five working class Greek people into a situation and have so many outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so instead, I'm going to do this spe- specific myth adaptation. I'm going to do a historical story. Like, now he's starting to, like, find ways to make his thing still work. And we've got years left of him doing that. Yeah. Until he does a Marvel movie or something like that. <laughs> Which one? Go. Wow. Um. Oh, there's got to be something that's, like, dark and tragic. Um, uh, I don't know, like, maybe, like, a story, like, centered on Rogue or something like that. Rogue? Yeah. Because you can't touch anybody? Because you can't touch anybody. It's like to see, like, I eat spaghetti the same way my father does, sugar. <laughs> I, I feel like a, a polecat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> um, I think that one of the cosmic properties or weird properties would be good. Like um, an Adam yeah. Warlock film. Sure. Or if he did the Eternals or something like that. If we're doing Marvel, um, New Gods would work as well. It's ridiculous people. Granny Goodness. She is yeah. literally an old lady... But she is in charge of torturing people mm-hmm. <laughs> on the hell planet. Right. Um, so maybe that specifically would require something arch, but that would be it. And everybody else would be, Darkseid would be telling you all about all the horrible things he's going to do. Completely, even monotone. Yeah. And then I would also like some spaghetti or something right. like that, you know? <laughs> exactly. Something gross. Orion's like, I eat spaghetti just the way my father Darkseid does. <laughs> Then I learned that my father was uh, all father, and really, I should have figured that out. His name's all father. It's weird. It's a weird thing. So, yeah, yeah, definitely check out Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, Do I have to say it? What? What's what's coming up next? Oh, yeah. Um, So, how's this going to work exactly? We're going to see the movie. Yeah. When it comes out. Yeah. On November 23rd. Mm -hmm. Uh, The movie, of course, is The Favorite. Mm hmm. And then we'll have a review of it on the uh, subsequent show that's right after that. Yep. So it'll be on the 25th. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to see the favorite, which will be um, probably uh, multiplex. I think so. The benefit of multiplex is that you can have a ton of films. Yeah. So hopefully uh, we'll see it there. I'm not looking forward to Nick Holt being in it, but oh hopefully boy. we'll keep him down. And uh, Mark Gatiss as well. But yeah, uh, it's going to be fine. Yeah. So I can't wait. Uh, we'll be back to talk all things depressing and to give it a run through the old Bingo's Lanthimos game. That's right. So join us in two weeks for that. Calling up my phone, showing up at the club. When I tell you to stop, you just keep showing up because you're feeling regret now that we are through. I should mention another thing is that he didn't write the favorite and he did not, or neither did his um, writing partner. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's fine. We All is going according to plan. It is what we expected. He's just, that's what how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do I seem like I'm nervous? Yeah, you seem like you're nervous. Well, we'll see. 
Okay. And if it doesn't work out, he'll go back to making his own movies. Yeah, you're right. And he'll probably only have a couple more in him, and we'll remember the ones that he did fondly. But yeah. this is how he translates into becoming a bigger filmmaker. Sure. Enough. Enough. Let's talk about something else. All right. Uh, let's talk about going to uh, Facebook and Twitter for our social media. Uh, tell us what you thought about... <laughs> About eating spaghetti in such a gross way. <laughs> no, about the films of Yorgos Lanthimos and what other artists and films you'd like to hear us cover. Uh, give us a like and a follow while you're there. Also, you can find us on your listening platform of choice, be it Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, what's a new one? Cast FM. Uh, we're pretty much on all the places that you could expect. On those platforms, come on, subscribe to us. What are we doing here? I don't want to have to come to your house and make your kids' eyes bleed. Oh but subscribing gosh. is how you can get every episode as soon as it's ready to come out. And you can follow us, and I said that, and leave us a review as well. We appreciate hearing from the fans. Leave us a rating. I'm going to give my rating five eyes of a podcast co-host just staring at the host. Hey. And not saying anything. <laughs> Have you reviewed and rated the show? Uh, on I, iTunes? I think I have. Mm, that's not good enough. All right. I'll have to double check and make because sure I've done my work. Because that is how we reach more people. Yeah. You've tuned to a... You, everybody's done this. Oh, podcast. Hmm, you tune to it on iTunes. No reviews. And you go, well, first of all, clearly this isn't a big deal. Second of all, how am I going to know? Right. If it's a rating that's positive, I could agree or disagree with that person. Even if it's a rating that's negative, I could go, clearly this person and I have different tastes, and I might like it. Mm -hmm. That being said, give us a nice high review, though. Right. <laughs> We'd appreciate that. Give us, I don't know, five lost MP3 players. <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes in that film, is when the kids are negging each other, basically, yeah. and they're both implying without saying because that would be so uncouth but implying that the other one will be chosen to be killed by the parents right and they're this is why they all deserve to sort of get shot while they're duct taped hmm. is because their fear of being dead is not as big as the desire to make someone else feel like they're going to be the one right and sure it's partially fear it's partially trying to build up their own self-esteem clearly it's you they ordered a piano for me. Right. They haven't told you because they don't want you to be scared. <laughs> but at the same time, just hug your sister maybe. Yeah. For this horrible situation you're in. Yeah, I know. So I am scared. I don't want to be in that situation. Give us five stars. Instead, we'd appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about something completely different. And until then, I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs> <laughs>